Um, and thank you, everyone, that participated in Summerfest yesterday. If you were here, yeah, if you served, give everybody a hand for being there. What a great day. What a great day. You know, my favorite thing to do the day after Summerfest is to look out in the, in the crowd and see people that were jumping on bounce houses yesterday. That, that, that saw people. Saw people that loved their community enough to be there, to, to watch people jump on bounce houses and have a good time and be there for them. And they say to themselves, I'm going to go check out that church. And we just sang about why we do it. We, we don't just do it because we love our community. We do it because we love the God that loves the community far greater than we ever could. I have no idea why I'm so emotional today. I promise I'm never like this. If you've been here before, you know that's a lie. After the service, we, we, we want to make sure that everyone knows who we are. And so after the service in the, in the room that we call the lounge, just to your right, if you exit to, to your right, um, we've got something called 7-Minute Head Start. It just takes seven minutes of your time to tell you more about how our, our church got here and to tell you more about our church. And we just want to introduce you to what we believe God is doing. Uh, in our community and through our church. And uh, I just, so we invite you, it only takes seven minutes of your time just to tell you more about our church. One last announcement, well, two last announcements. And uh, the, the, the next announcement is, if you wanna partner with what the Refuge Church is doing, you're more than welcome to, to give today. Um, it's not an emphasis. We don't pass a plate at the Refuge Church because God honors the, the faithfulness of his people. And all he does is he asks us to obey. And when we obey by giving to him, it, it, he, take, he takes care of us. So it's not about money at the Refuge Church. We give to our community because the generous people have already given. And so uh, if you wanna give, you can give in three ways. The, the black boxes that I already told you about where you can drop the card. Also, um, refugemain.church slash give. You can give online as well as um, text. You can text 77296 and uh, they'll send you a prompt and you can tell them how much money you want to give. And one last announcement, we've been in a series. My wife's gonna come out and speak in just a moment. That's why I'm so emotional because I'm not preaching this morning and I gotta get it all out when I can. So uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but she's speaking for us today, and she's speaking on fatherhood. You know, when we started this series called The Hood, I, we thought, you know, we'll start with motherhood, we'll end with fatherhood, and we'll talk about the state of being a mom and the state of being a dad. And, uh, and so that was kind of the whole inspiration. And then I went to Florida, and I started talking to my pastor, and I gave him the idea, and he was like, hey, I've got a better idea. He's like, why don't you do one last sermon in The Hood series after Father's Day? 
And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm listening. He goes, and call it under the hood and announce it on Father's Day. So next week, we're going under the hood and we're talking about S-E-X. I whispered that because I know there are little ears in this room, but there are kids, our kids, our kids area will be available and, and ready for all of our under 13 year old kids that want to go to, that you want to send your kids to. But next week we're going to talk about sex and we're going under the hood next week. And so we want to, we want to announce that on Father's Day. And there's a reason for that because we know what you men like to think about because I'm a man and I know. So hopefully I haven't lost you because we're going to pray because we need prayer right now. So let's go to God in prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you so much that you love us. Thank you that your word lines out for us the playbook of this life. Father, we can follow your playbook. We can follow your lead. Father, I thank you that this life wasn't meant for us to be alone. It wasn't meant for us to live alone but it was meant for us to live at, with you at the center of it. Father, with you as our identity, Lord, I pray that today that people would discover their identity in Christ. Father, they would understand that, that he's the one, that he's the reason he's given, he, you've given us this life, that we want to follow after you. We want to give you our all. Father, I pray that you would bless your word today, that you would use it, that you would multiply it. Bless the offering that people give today. Lord, bless it. Bless every hand that gives today. Lord, use it for your glory. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're going to save this? You're going to save this? Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife, Tanya Harold, give her a hand. Thank you so much. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the guys here. Actually, when we started this church years ago, uh, we were talking about how we were going to celebrate Father's Day and Mother's Day. And we decided that we're not just celebrating the fathers in the house. We're celebrating all the guys in the house. So whether you're uh, an uncle, a brother, a son, everybody's at least a son here, um, a stepfather, a father figure, somebody with a dad bod, Anybody like that? We want to celebrate all of you. So we actually decided that we would call this day Dude Fest. So happy Dude Fest, everybody. Like Adam said, we've got um, our, our dude snacks out in the common um, grazing on AstroTurf because there's actually a difference between dude food and chick food, right? Does anybody understand that or is that just in our house? So in our house, Panera, chick food, protein, dude food. So that's what we have out there. We've got chocolate-covered protein. We've got puffed protein. We've got all the things that are protein is what we've got for you guys. Because I've never met a guy that was like, I'm really, I have a hankering for a half salad and a soup bread bowl. So we decided not to do that. So we've just got lots of snacks for you guys out there. But we just want you to know that we appreciate you. We honor you. We're so grateful for the influence that you guys all have in our life, um, whether it's through the father figure or the dad bod or the um, 
just the camaraderie that we have uh, with our guys here, with uh, people just helping us charge into battle. We love you and we honor you for that. But we also recognize that this brings a lot of emotions for people. Holidays tend to bring out just a, a range of emotions, whether it's warm, fuzzy, like um, Adam's brother had uh, his first son this week. They just came home from the hospital yesterday. So whether you're like Billy or maybe you just, um, you have some ache in your heart over Father's Day, whether it's a break in a relationship um, through distance or death. And we just, we want to acknowledge that because we don't want you to move past that too quickly. We want you to actually just, just feel all your feels. Adam's really good at feeling all his feels. But we actually want you to feel your feels because that's how you actually metabolize emotion is when you actually allow yourself to feel it. Don't move from it too quickly. So we just, we want to be with you in it though. So if you're up today, we're with you in the ups. If you're down today, we're with you in the downs. But we love you either way. And, and this is why we exist. We want to help you to reconcile the fact that there's a father in heaven. No matter what your earthly relationship is with your dad, you have a dad in heaven that loves you so much. And maybe there's some distance in your relationship with him. Maybe you've put it there. Or maybe you feel honestly like he put it there. But we want to help you reconcile the fact that he's still there. He's always been there. He's still there there. He's waiting for you. And so that's what we're actually going to talk about today. But we want to help you as a church. We want to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so you can leave an impact. And, and the first part is that you have to know God. And so in knowing God, you have to know all the things about God. It's not just like, yes, I acknowledge that there is a God. We want you to actually know God. How many people know there's a difference to know about somebody than it is to actually know that person, intimately know that person. And so that's what we're doing Sunday mornings we want to help you know God everybody say know God know God and that's what we've done we've tried to do that through this hood series I've loved this series I don't know if anybody else has gotten something out of this series but it's been a really fun series I'm actually a little bit sad for it to end um, we were talking about the under the hood and Adam was like do you want to preach with me next week and I was like my uh, right preach with you uh, but my parents go to this church <laughs> So no, I don't. Or I'll just preach. I'll preach in the nine o'clock, but not the eleven o'clock. Um, so, but it's 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 a fun series. There's actually more. When we first started talking about like how are we going to get from motherhood to fatherhood and like fill all the hoods in between, we started talking about all the different hoods. And there's more hoods than we even realized. It is scary out there. There's so many hoods around. And so it's been really fun just going through all the different hoods. So I I really hope that there's a hood that stands out to you that you really got something out of that. Um, and so next week, for sure, you want to come back for un Under the Hood, whether or not I will be um, preaching with Adam. Um, so I've got a couple confessions just to begin right off the bat. Uh, confession number one is that 90% of this message was actually written on my iPhone Wednesday morning between the hours of 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. And what had happened was I was just like, does anybody have one of those weeks you're just like, I just can't catch up. Like I wake up and I always, I already feel like I'm behind. And so it was kind of one of those weeks. And so we're going to bed Tuesday night and I'm talking to Adam, kind of like running through like how I want to break down the message, where I want to take this. And he was like, you've got to shut it off. But our brains are totally different. I don't know if it's a male, female thing or it's just a tiny thing, but I like, I can't, I've got to like see it through all the way to the end. So we're laying there going to sleep and I'm like half preaching it to him. He's like, shut it down. And so I was like, okay, I will roll over, pretend to go to sleep. Like, you know, a couple hours later, I'm like, bink, I got it. And so I grab my phone and I just start dumping it all out. I don't know if anybody else takes notes in the middle of the night or if you're like a psycho who just sleeps all night long. <laughs> 
but I just, I just dumped it all out. And so a funny thing is the next morning I looked through my notes. At first, I didn't even know if they were going to make sense come morning. And so I looked at it and I was like, gosh, the father, gosh, the father. My phone autocorrected God every time to gosh. So today we're going to be talking about three truths about gosh, the father. And so that's what happens when you preach from an iPhone. Confession number two, when I was talking to Adam about this message, he was like, hey, I'll give you five bucks if you work in the phrase good, good father into the message, like the Chris Tomlin song. But he never, like, qualified that, and so he never told me how subtly I had to say good, good father, and now I've said good, good father twice. And then we have two messages, uh, two uh, services, so he's actually going to owe me $20 by the time we're done. So just keep the good, good father count. That's three. Good, good father count, four. And um, so I'm actually going to be taking everybody out to dinner after this because he's such a good, good father. So don't play me. Okay, so fatherhood, we're just going to get right into fatherhood. Um, so a lot of our thoughts and feelings on fatherhood is shaped by your own personal experience. Does anybody agree with that? Yeah. That whether you've had a good, good father, I didn't even plan that. It's just going to keep coming out. Whether you had a really great experience with your father, um, that kind of gives you um, this lens that you see God through. Or maybe you've had a really difficult father relationship, and that kind of already sets the tone on, on how you begin to believe about God. And so that's, that's a large generalization that I can make, because I also know that there are some people that had really crappy dads, but really understand the full depth of the love that the Heavenly Father has. Or maybe you had a great father, and you're still just kind of struggling on like this whole God the Father thing. So I know that can be an unfair assumption, but what I'm going to do today, no matter what your preconceived notion is about God as your Heavenly Father, I just, I'm going to share just a couple truths about Gosh the Father with you today. And so uh, one way that I want to do that, though, to honor dads, I know that dads just like TV. It's just a fact of the matter. You, you tend to like to veg a little bit. So we're going to have some commercial breaks during our message today because uh, as I was like writing, I was like, oh, that reminds me of this commercial. Oh, that reminds me of this commercial. So instead of explaining commercials, we're just going to be taking a few commercial breaks as we go through this series today. So what we're going to be doing is, is going to be talking about some of these mistruths, and we're going to hopefully uh, shift your hurt to a truth that you can believe about God the Father. And so our big idea today is that the standard for fatherhood was already set by God. You get to take that pressure off your dad and yourself. And so if you're, uh, if you're a dad here or you're somebody that just has that male voice and that influence in somebody else's life, that's a lot of pressure to, to know that people are listening to you, people are watching you, people are being shaped by, by not just the words that you say but in the way that you live your life. But you get to take that pressure off today. That's not on you. That's on God. And he already set that standard for us. And so that's in unpacking some of these truths about God the Father, we're going to be looking at the ways that he already shaped that standard of fatherhood for us. It wasn't until I became a parent myself that I really kind of understood the the part of God being a father. And so to, to give your only son, I have one son, and I, I love you guys, but I would never give my son for you. I would never sacri willingly sacrifice my son's life for you. Never mind people that maybe say, you know, God's such a hateful God. Like he's He's angry and he's judgmental, and he still gave his son for you. I just, I can't understand that as a parent. And I can't understand willingly sacrificing somebody for somebody else. Never mind people that are, are grateful for it and accept it and allow it to change their life, but people that just hate him. I, I, just, I just can't understand that. 
this world, we actually see the world through a couple different lenses. So just like glasses, everybody has their own prescription that helps you to see. And so we all see the world through a lens, but we all have different prescriptions. And, and it's our perspective, our perspective prescription. As soon as I wrote that point, I was like, I'm never going to be able to say that. I've got to say it a couple times through the message. A perspective prescription we have. And, and we've created that through our, our life and our experiences. So our perspective that we view God through has come through our different different trials in our life, different celebrations, different wins in our life, even positive attributes about your God, about your father, you might assign to God. So my father is such a hard worker. My whole life, he's been an incredibly hard worker. So my family owned a gas station. It was started by my great grandfather. Then my grandfather owned it. And then it got passed down to my dad. I am so sad nowadays that I don't have the family discount gas, but my mom used to just like pull up and get free gas all the time. So um, my dad actually, and I fact checked this uh, this week, he came by and I was like, fact check me here. So he started running the gas station at 14 years old. Over the summer, um, his dad would actually get to take time off and he and his older brother um, would run the gas station at 14. And so from 14 on, my dad worked at the gas station, graduated, and then just took over the gas station. And so um, he's worked incredibly hard our entire life. Eventually, they had to sell the gas station, and um, just to make ends meet, my dad got a job as a bridge operator. So we lived um, south of Boston. We're, I'm from Weymouth, and so uh, there's a river called the Four River, and my dad would actually sleep nights in the bridge tower, and when barges and large ships would come through, he would raise the, uh, the bridge up to let the boats through. And so he did that as he was beginning a new job for the phone company, and that's where he worked for 20-something years before he retired. But um, when he was working for the phone company, we lived south of the city. He had to get to his garage um, through the city, north of the city. So he would actually leave like well before the sun came up just to beat the traffic, and he'd get his Dunkin' Donuts on the other side of the city. And so I remember times with, with uh, snowstorms. My dad would get up early enough that he would plow and then he would go to work, and then they would be in a state of emergency, and he wouldn't come home till after midnight, and he would sleep a couple hours, and he'd go back and do it again. And that was just my entire life. My dad had worked so hard. There was even one time that he uh, had an emergency gallbladder surgery, and it, it was in a day surgery center, so he came home. He's still pretty loopy, and um, I went into his room, and I was like, hey, dad, would you build me a fort on the garage? And he was like, yeah, I will. And I was like, yes. So even when my dad was like, totally gorked out of his mind with anesthesia, he was still committing to work hard for us. And so he broke the verbal contract. I just want you guys to know, I never got a fort on a garage. I don't, it's like <laughs> a tree fort. We didn't have trees though, we're from Boston. And so I, I, never, I never got my fort, but my dad was still in willing to work hard for us. And so it'd be really easy for me. It was a positive experience, honestly. I'm not here like my father neglected me. My father worked his butt off to give us the things that we, we wanted, not even the things we needed. But it would be really easy for me to say, okay, my dad worked really hard. My dad was really busy. Therefore, God must be really busy. Because obviously, like, God's got a lot to deal with, right? There's a lot of people on earth. There's a lot of stuff going down. So I'm just not going to bother God because my dad was really busy, so God's going to be really busy. And even, even when we have positive experiences, we can assign that to God. But that's, that's not what he's there for. He's not there for you to try to look at somebody on earth and assign it to him. 
he set the standard. He's showing us, us what fatherhood is. And I know so many Father's Day messages tend to be like, Dad, you need to do better. You need to stop being a terrible person. I don't believe that at all. I believe we need to encourage our fathers. And the way that I'm doing that is by just letting you release the pressure that you might assign to yourself. It's not yours to carry. This is God's alone because he's the one that can actually carry this burden. And so we're going to get right to it. Truth number one. Truth number one is that God the Father delights in you. If you guys have the YouVersion Bible app, I forgot to mention this. You guys can follow along in the notes portion of that. You can go to events. Um, Candace is going to show us how to do that. But you can follow along. Point number one is that God the Father delights in you. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So if we actually zoom out to uh, the chronological, like what's happening here in scripture is that Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. Then he goes into the wilderness and is tempted. Then he begins his ministry. So it's really easy to read that and be like, of course, God, the father is well pleased in him. He's healing the blind, the sick. He's making dead people rise. I would be well pleased in him, too. But actually, this God was pleased with Jesus before Jesus did anything miraculous. Nothing had happened yet. It was just in God's nature. And so a lot of times we think I've got to do I've got to do a lot before God's well pleased with me take that pressure off yourself. That is not true at all. God the Father is well pleased in you. He delights in you because of who he, he is, not because of what you have done. As parents, we actually need this perspective shift because can anybody else agree with me that sometimes it's hard to delight in your children? <laughs> My kids are in here and I'd say it all day. So <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to delight in your children. They say that, uh, what is it, the days are slow and the years are fast. And so a lot of times it's that perspective of looking in the rearview mirror. We've got some parents in here that like their child uh, raising days are over, right? The childhood, now you're raising adults. And when you look back with that perspective uh, of looking in the rearview mirror, you can see that, man, it goes so fast. We count summers, I do it, I, I don't know, I just try to torture myself, I count summers. And so I'm in my second summer left with my kid, with my oldest daughter, um, before she goes off to college. And that like, I see some of you guys like, oh my gosh, because if you count summers, it's really, that's what motivated us to take our first vacation last year. We were like, this is three years we have left with her in the house, and so we're gonna, we're gonna start living it up. Um, so it takes that perspective of looking backwards. But the days, like the junk that you go through with your kids, raising your kids, kids can actually be total psychos. And so we're going to watch this commercial to confirm that. After talking and texting for years, we got married for the family plan. And then we really expanded our family for the wireless savings. It seemed like the responsible thing to do. And then just yesterday, my sister told me about Visible. Yeah. Get unlimited data for as low as $25 a month. No family needed. Family plan savings without the family. Visible. Try us for I free before you switch. No credit card needed. That is exactly how God has got to see us, right? Like painting your face blue with icing, like trombone kid in the back. If you have that perspective of heaven and you look down on earth, you're like, oh my gosh, they're crazy, right? Like it's straight crazy down here. But God the Father still delights in us. 
he he's kind of that sister that's sitting down that's like, hey, this is easy. Because that's that's who he is. It's just in his nature to delight in us. Doesn't matter what we do, it doesn't matter how crazy we are. He delights in us because of who he is. He loves and delights. Truth number two, God the Father cares about your life. He cares about your life. He cares about the small details of your life. He cares about the big events of your life. Like I said, it would be really easy for me to say God's really busy. He probably doesn't care. He probably cares about the big stuff, like the, probably the really good stuff. He probably cares that we started a church. He probably cares that I had kids. He probably cares about, like, the big moments, but, like, the little stuff, the time where I'm not even sad, just kind of bummed out. He probably doesn't care about that. But that's not true at all. We read this in Matthew 6, 26 to 27. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? Barna, which is this research study group, they actually just completed uh, one of their largest studies ever. And what they did was they polled 18 to 35 year olds. And what they found was that 49% of them expressed anxiety over decisions. 39% of them expressed sadness or uh, depression. 34% said that they felt lonely or isolated. The same group, the same study group, then studied a group of Christians. And so these are people that profess faith. And 29% of the people that were self-proclaimed Christians said that their faith was helpful but didn't really transform their life. 9% said that their faith didn't really make much of a difference in their life. So you total those up. 38% of Christians say that their faith has had little to no difference in their life. And we talk about this. Um, we don't want to just give you information. We want to help you have transformation. And so that's why part of our vision as a church in helping you know God, live free, discover your purpose so you can leave an impact is that we're not going to stop at just know God. We want you to find freedom. You've got to find freedom. And we've got systems set up for that. Small groups. Small groups just started. If you guys haven't jumped into a small group, this is like the perfect time to do it because you're not going to be behind if it's a book study. You're not going to feel weird if people have like had all sorts of life together. This week, get to our website, refugemain.church group and sign up for a group. This is where people find freedom. I was actually riding in a car the other day with a bunch of girls and we we're talking about small groups and the difference that groups make in their life. And it's, it's almost like I know they're not bragging on us. This is, the church is nothing that we have done. We, God gave us the vision and we just gathered the people, really. That's all it is. And so it's the people that have built this church. This isn't Adam and I. But it's, it almost like makes me a little bit embarrassed when people talk about it because I'm like, are they saying that because I'm in the car? Like, is this a conversation if I wasn't in the car? But it really, like listening to these people, I know these people well, and they talk about, you know, they came to church. So they're probably in that uh, group that said, you know, at that point in time, my faith had a little bit of impact, but not much. But it was once you got involved in small groups, once you really found freedom, once you started doing life with people, once you refused to walk alone in your sadness or your shame or your hurt, or even in your victories and your celebrations, once you decided to do that in community, because that's how we were built, we were designed for community, that's when they went from little to no impact to their whole life is different. Everything is different when you get involved in community. And so God... God loves us enough that he designed us to need community. 
And so if this similar percentage reports anxiety, depression, sadness, and loneliness as the Christians that are professing that their faith has had little to no impact, I don't find that astonishing at all, that you have those struggles, yet you say that your faith has had little to no impact on you. And so it's it's when you actually start to do those things and, and, and act in community and live in community that those struggles will become less and less. They won't be non-existent. We're not going to lie to you. We're not we're not promised a perfect life, an easy life, but we're promised that we would never be alone in life. There was actually a movie that um, I had watched a while ago as a book, and then they, um, they made it into a movie. And to be honest, I don't read books, so I just waited and watched the movie. And um, this dad has a little girl that gets kidnapped and murdered. And so he kind of has this experience uh, where he goes and um, meets with God. And, and his confrontation with God, like he's angry, which I can understand. Like I'd be real angry too. I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't ever wish to be in that position, but I, I can understand how people become really angry with God. And so God can handle it. God's fine with your anger. He wants you to come to him. And so this guy goes to uh, God and he said, where were you when my daughter needed you? Like the dad needed him too, right? But he wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about his daughter. And so he said, where were you when my daughter needed you most? This is kind of what you do, right? You abandon your son on the cross. My God, my God, my, why have you forsaken me? This is kind of like your MO. And God said, when you keep your eyes on the problem, you've taken your eyes off me. So of course you're going to think that I had abandoned you because you weren't even looking for me. You were looking at your problem. And I, I think we can all agree that we're a little bit self-centered in our society. It's just our culture. It's, it's a me culture. And so when I have a problem, all I do is look at my problem and how it's affecting me and what it's doing maybe to my immediate people around me. But I'm not really looking to God. Well, of course I'm going to feel abandoned when I don't look for God. And, and he even went on to say, don't think that what happened to my son on the cross didn't cost us both dearly. That's one of the parts of the, of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're one. And so, of course, God feels the pain. Of course, God has the suffering. And so he never abandoned him. He never abandoned you. We have a Father that cares so much about every detail of our life. He wants to be involved in everything in our life, just like the dad in this next commercial. You awake? Yeah, of course I'm awake. Is that a new mask? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's really creepy. I know, right? Yeah, good stuff. Thanks. Hey, let me introduce myself. My name Dad! is, and proud of it, and all dads should be. Dad, 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 Dad. Why? You know why. Kids think no. we're awesome. We get our hands messy. We tell hilarious jokes. Hey, Nolan, we gotta get up, buddy. We never say no to dress up. We build the best forts. We do work, work, and we do homework. We lead by example, we blow their minds. Can't believe he's his father. I know, that is called a plot twist. Being awesome isn't about breaking rules, it's about making them. Hot stuff coming through. Life and the coffee. And breakfast is for breakfast. Hey, Nolan, give me a look here. Suggestion, that's a boy, that's a man. But it's also for lunch, dinner, and midnight snacks. Scrape knees aren't boo-boos, they are badges of bravery on the playground. Hey, Victoria, that profile pic, awesome. When you're a dad, hugs can be bear hugs, but they can also be high fives, fist bumps, and next level handshakes. Kids, they're our best friends. They're our greatest
his fans. Buddy, you've been gaining muscle mass. Nice. And they look to us like the same way we look at superheroes. Up. Because we're taller. Now, dadhood isn't always easy. When a rule is broken, we're the enforcement. Hey, buddy, it's garbage day. But when a heart is broken, we're the reinforcement. And we wouldn't have it any other way. Because being a dad is awesome. Just like new peanut butter Cheerios are awesome. That's why it's the official cereal of dadhood. And this, this, my friends, this is how to dad. That was a commercial that I was like, I can't explain that commercial at all. I'm just going to have to show it. I love the first part where he's like, new mask, super creepy. I love it. <laughs> he's involved in every part of his kid's life, right? Like, he was walking through like a boss in that house, just like knowing what was going on with the kids. I'm pretty sure you can't get those peanut butter Cheerios because I'm 90% sure that's a, a Canadian commercial because he was like, it's a boot. Um, but w whether it's in Canada or the U.S., we still have a Heavenly Father who cares about every detail of our life, right? Truth number three, God the Father wants you to come to him. He wants you to come to him. We have, um, you know, opportunities, different uh, things throughout the church, uh, whether it's praying in a group uh, at small group or uh, dream team huddles or just when you're with somebody else and you're like, hey, can I pray for you? I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody be like, I hate praying out loud. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. I feel weird. I feel awkward. And I just, I, I just don't like doing it. I have never once met a father that looked at their child and they were like, you're terrible at speaking. They just want their child to come to them, right? Like if your kid is, is really young, it's actually adorable when your kid comes and speaks just in the best way they know how. I was actually with my cousin this week. Uh, she's got three kids, um, Oliver, who we call Ollie, Nora, and then Elowen, who we call Ellie. And so Ellie is five. And my cousin was telling me that they're actually going to put Ellie in uh, speech therapy. And in my supportive, like, family way, I was like, no, don't do that. It's adorable. I love the way she speaks. And then I thought about how, um, like, at 30, if she called her siblings, like, Awi and Noah, um, it probably wouldn't be so cute. And so they're actually going to start, they're going to start speech therapy for her. Um, and it all really came to a head uh, on a spelling test that she had in class. Um, and she wrote F-W-O-G, thwog. And so the teacher was like, that's adorable, but because she's sounding things out now and can't speak correctly, we actually have to put her into speech therapy. So no more thwogs. <laughs> but God would never, uh, Erica's husband, Corey, would never say to uh, Elowen, like, don't talk to me until you can understand how to pronounce your R's. <laughs> right? And so, but we, we take that and we put that onto God. I can't, I can't. I can't pray out loud because I just don't know the right words to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling. And so we would rather not come to him than come to him and sound like Elowen, right? We need to all be okay sounding like Elowen. They have no idea that I'm preaching about them right now. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to send them the audio later and be like, hey. Um, but we all need to be okay. And just whatever level of spiritual maturity we're at, right? God wants you to come to him where you're at. He doesn't need you to speak well. He just needs you to come to him. 
there was a study that said that 94% uh, of teens actually go to the internet for advice instead of their father. And I actually think about that a lot. Like I'll Google how to do something like change a tire. My dad was a mechanic. And I, I'll Google. I, when I was in college, I used to call my dad and be like, okay, listen to the car. <laughs> What's that mean? And he'd be like, change your oil. That's always the answer. <laughs> it's still the answer. Change your oil. There's a sticker up on the window. It tells you when to change oil. But now, because I know that the answer is going to be change your oil, now I'll Google things. I'm like, the car just went into low power mode. What does that mean? Oh, it means I should change the oil. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, but you, you go to the internet before you'll go to, maybe you can't go to your dad for advice. Maybe you can go to your father figure for advice. Maybe you can go to a friend for advice. But we go to the internet. We definitely don't go to God for advice because how are we going to hear God? How are we going to know his will? Like I'm going to pray, right? So I, I'm okay sounding like Elohim. So I'm going to pray at the, at the level that I'm at. But how do I know? How do, how do I hear what God has to say? Before I get too far ahead, um, let's just check out this next commercial about going to the Internet. Oh, donc là, être père, c'est un, un défi. Aujourd'hui, tout se passe sur, sur Internet. Su teléfono comunicarse con sus amigos. You know, they have the world at their fingertips. Do your kids come to you as much as you went to your dad? Um, no. All right, come on in. So first off, I'm going to have you look up a few things on the internet. How do I tie a tie? ¿Cómo preguntar a una chica a cuándo salir? Hey. ¿Cómo es con serás? How do I fry an egg? Ah. Bien. No va a brûler. ¿Cuál es tu color favorito? Now I'm going to have you ask your dad. ¿Qué estás haciendo? <laughs> so, which was better? The better teacher was my dad. Et mi papa. Était plus personnel sur les informations. Savait lo que yo no entiendo. Tus filhos son la cosa más importante del mundo. Je voudrais remercier mon papa. Etienne, te mencionó. Dang it, Gillette. <laughs> we would rather go to the internet, right? But like they said, the, the information is so much more personal when you go to your father. 
And I'm not talking about your earthly father. I know we're kicking everybody in the feels. I see tissues being passed around. I love it. It's so much more personal when we go to our heavenly father because he's the one that actually knows us, right? We talked about you can be known or you can be seen and known and known intimately and still loved. And so when we choose to go to God the father, even though he knows all about us, it's totally different. The information is more personal. He meets you where you're at. He doesn't expect you. The internet kind of just generalizes information is just like, well, you're just going to do this. Like the kid trying to tie the tie. He's like, just do this. And then the father came and he's like, tie it twice around your neck because your neck size is smaller. I didn't think you could do that. But um, so he, he knows him so well that he knows that you actually need to personalize that information. And so, yes, it's hard. You're like, okay, so God, like, what's my next size like how do I how do I know what's the personal information that you have for me and that's what that's what community is all about so Matthew 7 7 through 11 says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened or which one of you, if his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? He just wants you to ask him. He wants you to come to him. He's not going to hold out on you. It tells us right there, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open for everyone who asks receives. That doesn't mean that you receive the answer you want. That means you will receive an answer. And so part of that is when we move from knowing God and we go from information into transformation and we find our freedom as we start to pray and ask God, we, we become more like him. And so we pray according to his will. And you'll know that you're praying according to God's will when more often your prayers are answered with a yes because you're praying what he wants. Especially when you just pray, God, I don't even know what I should do. I just want to do what you want me to do. Show me the right way. Lead me in the right path. And so that's where having that community is so important because people will actually confirm that. I love so much when I see people's minds blown in small group when they're like, oh, my gosh, I was just, like, debating this. or I was just reading about this and this verse. This happens so often that verses keep coming up. Like, you end up with a theme in your life or a season. Or maybe there's a Bible character that you're like, I keep hearing that. Or a word or a song or something maybe God is trying to answer a question that you asked so long ago you thought he didn't answer you and so you just walked away entirely from that question but you have asked and he will answer he wants to be found this is why that 38 percent of Christians saying that their faith has had little to no impact breaks my heart because it shouldn't. It should be everything. It should be your entire life because it's going to answer questions. It's going to open doors. It's going to change your life. It's going to change that prescription perspective that you have. The ways that we see our Father on earth or guys in our life, and we try to assign that to God in heaven. Once we change our prescription perspective, we're able to see God who he is as the one who set the standard for fatherhood. So there's one part of his will that's the most important. So everything that I've talked about, if you haven't grasped this first part of his will, nothing else makes sense. And it's found in 1 Timothy verse two through, uh, chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires that all people be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus, Christ Jesus. That is the will of the Father. If you want to know the will of the Father, will number one is that you come to the knowledge of truth. He wants all people to be saved. But what happens is that we have a little bit of an ego. We have a little bit of a problem with humility. And it's like, I, I, I can come to you, God. I'll, I'll totally just go all in once I understand this one part. I'm kind of hung up on this one area. And I've talked about this before, but if we do this, then we, we insist that we make God as small as our mind. And I don't want to serve a God, a God that's as small as my mind. If you're, the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Have you guys ever heard that? I don't want to be in a room with God and be the smartest person in the room. I just have to surrender the fact that there's some things that I will never understand, but frankly, I don't want to understand them. I don't understand everything about math, most things about math, <laughs> but I don't have to. I just know that it works, right? Math is math. Apparently it works. But maybe that's you. Maybe maybe you had the moment where you're like, yes, I, 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 know, I know I need God in my life. I see people's lives actually being transformed. They're, they're not that 38%. They're actually, it's, it's changing everything. But I, I've got to get this one thing figured out. And then maybe, or maybe like when I get to a really low point in my life, that's when I need to, to surrender to God. It's hard to surrender when things are easy, right? But that's why we need to go to God in all things, in our wins and our losses. Maybe you've, you've felt abandoned and hurt. Maybe you, you're like that dad that you felt like God walked away when you needed him most. But it was that you put your eyes on your problem and you took your eyes off of God. And so we, I just want to give you the opportunity to come back, to surrender the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand all of it that you are going to take your eyes off of your problem and put your eyes on God. Or maybe that this is your moment that you've never done that. You never even had that relationship that you walked away from. You're just, this is all totally new. This is like blowing your mind. I love that so much. And that's, that's why we exist, really. And we want to help you through that. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you guys stand with me. We're going to pray. You're not supposed to walk through this life alone. God delights in you. He cares about the details of your life, and he wants you to come to him. And this is your opportunity to come to him. So if you would just bow your head, I want you to pray with me. And we actually have the prayer team up at the front because we want to give you the opportunity to have somebody help you carry those burdens. This is, the church is the physical representation of Jesus, of God. And so this is, this is your opportunity to come to God, be physically represented by the church and have people just help you carry those burdens, carry what you're, you walked in with. We don't want you to walk out carrying the same heaviness, whether it's just what the day brings as being Father's Day or just whatever you're dealing with in your spiritual walk. We want to be able to pray for you and with you in that. And if you're not comfortable coming forward, that's totally fine. We still want to know there's an opportunity to let us know what's going on with you, how we can pray for you and serve you through prayer on the back of that connection card. So there's another use for that connection card to write down a prayer request and just drop it in the box. But let's just pray together. God, I love you with all my heart. Thank you for everybody who's part of this service. And if this is you, that this is, this is the first time that you're saying this prayer, I just want you to say this in your heart. This isn't the words that I'm saying. There's nothing magical about the words I'm saying, but it's just the position of your heart. 
Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I would never ask you to do that, but since you did, I would be nuts not to accept that, accept that free gift, accept that payment that you paid for my sins, Lord. So forgive me too. Forgive my sins, Lord, and help me to follow you the rest of my life. Help me to grow in my faith, Lord. I am all in. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, your prayer is this. Father, help my life to show others what it looks like when I accept your love. Help them to see your love in me and help me to, to turn your love out onto others, God. Help me to be a light for you. Help the people that I love and care about the most to want this same relationship that I have with you, God. Give me an opportunity to share that your love your your standard of fatherhood with somebody this week we love you god we just ask that you're honored in the ways that we praise you today it's in jesus name amen we're gonna sing and then you guys are dismissed